Well, good morning and welcome. This, today we are going to continue our series on our core values and our journey into understanding biblical community. And it's one of our 12 values. And we're, we're learning uh, this month to belong here at Desert Stream so that this community be healthy and whole so that we can go outside of the church and build and influence the community out there with the love of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So we build and develop and mature here and we go out. Everyone say, go out. Go out to influence and love the community out there. Well, you know, it's been a great journey. It's been over six years that my wife and family uh, have been here in Belleville getting to serve and partner with Pastors Kevin and Sherry and the rest of the team. And uh, talk about learning a lot and growing yourself. Have you, have you changed in the last six years? I guess we all changed. Depends on what kind of change uh, we're talking about. I know I have less hair. Uh, the, the belt seems to be going out a couple loops. But, you know, those are some of the changes. But there's other changes, too. And they're good ones. And good change happens when we decide to do life in community. I didn't say it was easy change, but good things happen when you do life together. And we're going to jump into that this morning. But before we do that, I want to review what Pastor Kevin has taught us uh, the first few weeks on community. Remember week one when Pastor Kevin said, we, not me? He said, we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. I not the church. I not the bride. I not the body. Not once in the New Testament were those three words used with personal pronouns. It was always about a group of people coming together as the body, as the church, and as the bride. He debunked the myth that we can divorce ourselves from the church by attempting to live out our Christianity in isolation. In isolation, we are not the church, but we become spiritual orphans. And we know from nature that any animal that lives in isolation, any animal that separates itself from its family or its pack, it's predisposed to be an attack, isn't it? When you choose willingly to separate yourself from the group of God's people, what you're saying is, enemy, go ahead and take a cheap shot at me. It's a willing choice that people make, but it also sets us up for destruction if we separate ourselves. So today, we're going to find out some ways to go the opposite direction of that. Therefore, we must choose to live in community with others. We practice loving, forgiving one another, praying for one another. I know that those aren't easy words, but that's uh, what protects us from becoming a spiritual lone ranger. You know, to, uh, when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I still lived as a lone ranger, as a Christian. I went to church. I volunteered in the youth group. I read my Bible. I said my prayers. But I was slow uh, to share my life with a group of people. When it came down to it, I knew it was up to me, and I just had to work harder. When I faced a problem in life, I thought there's a solution. Work harder. And I thought I could earn my way into God's family and earn my way into God's acceptance. Have you ever struggled with those kind of things? I know I have. I'm just, I'll be transparent and say that was a part of my journey. I was looking for acceptance by working harder. I was the classic spiritual orphan. 
my go-to response for any challenge was just work harder. It wasn't until my late 30s that I realized you don't work to earn God's love. It's a free, unconditional gift for anyone who will receive it. Love is a gift through Jesus Christ. So, we, not me. Everyone say that. We, not me. So when you're thinking of your Christianity, don't, don't do it alone because the Bible never talked about a Lone Ranger Christianity. It warns against it. So philosophically, we're just going to say we, not me. We just do life together. Week number two, Pastor Kevin said we live out our community through hospitality. The goal of hospitality is to serve your guests with a loving attitude. These are things that hospitality are not. Hospitality is not entertainment. Hospitality is not about how you feel or what you receive. Hospitality is about serving others. Hospitality is commanded in the scripture in 1 Peter 4, 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's three ways Pastor Kevin talked about showing hospitality, and you can study this in Acts chapter 2, 42. He said, share your time, share your love, share your resources. There's three ways that you can practice hospitality. Now, for the next two weeks, we're going to go in a different direction, and today... I want to help you mature by addressing some of the common community breakers. And when I, I make this X right here, this is like a breaker. This, this, this symbol stands for breaking down community. And there are some common community breakers. They're false beliefs and attitudes that, unfortunately, we can practice very easily, but they break community. And I'd have to admit that I'm pretty good at all of them, and God's helping me change, and he's helping me not be a community breaker. Because sometimes there are, uh, there are, there are um, default situations. So if you identify with any of these community breakers in your life, write it down, and then you can praise God. Why is that? Because once you identify that something in your life is out of alignment, it's not because you're in trouble. God's going to help you. God's going to set you free. God's going to take you to the next level. Why do we hire uh, personal uh, coaches and people to help us? Because they make us better. God is a father, and he points out something negative in your life. It's not because you're in trouble. Because he's going to bring perfect alignment so you can have a healthier, blessed life. Is that true? True. So don't, when you, when you hear it and you go, oh, yeah, that's me, say, okay. But now the father's going to help me, and we're going to go to the next level. Amen? Amen. All right. Proverbs 19.20 says, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. So when, when we do life together, we learn to listen to others and accept counsel in our life. So community breaker number one is when we refuse to submit to authority. Community gets broken down when we refuse to submit to authority. Community requires mutual submission to one another on a peer level, and to the leaders that God has placed in our life. Can you imagine if I was here at the church and one of the pastors, but I went the opposite direction and vision of Pastor Kevin and Sherry? Would that break community or would that bring healing and wholeness to the community? It's pretty obvious, isn't it? But even at any level, when we, when we constantly want to do our own thing and we refuse to submit one to another, we break community. 
It's hard for a person who drifts from community to community to establish roots. Think of a large tree. How do those massive redwood trees get big? Are they moved every year and replanted in a different atmosphere, a different environment, different soils? No. Roots go deep and they're established when they spend time in the same location. Now, of course, God calls people different places. He sends people different places. That happens. That's fine. But we know we grow the best when we're established in love and in community and trust in the same place. But that requires commitment. But if you find that the only person that you're truly committed to is yourself, you will not have the maturity for others to speak into your life. Mutual submission and commitment is, the next, is next to impossible if you have allegiances only to yourself. If we have allegiances only to ourself, we're not going to allow other people to mutually love us and accept us. So when we're dealing with submission or authority issues, we tend to look at relationships as commodities. Have you ever felt like that? What can I get, what can I get from you? What can I get out of this? What do I have to do to belong in this group? We know we're thinking if we play it smart enough, then we'll get in. If I know the right people, then, I, then I'll finally belong. But God set up the family to come as you are and say, you know what? I might have lots to offer. I might have nothing to offer, but I showed up. Here I am. Would you please love me as I am? That's the cry of every human soul. And that's what we get to practice here at Desert Stream. Is it easy? No but it's the kingdom. Instead, God is calling us to see each other as a committed family, not a commodity, with our spiritual brothers and sisters, our spiritual fathers and mothers, our spiritual sons and daughters. See, when we look at each other like family, we don't see each other as a contract. It's a covenant. 1 Peter 5, 1 through 2 says this, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat your younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. See, it really takes out all the confusion of how we should interact. Just treat each other like a healthy family with purity. We can view each other from a family covenant perspective, not a contract. I love you based on the love of God inside of me. I don't love you based on the behaviors that you show me. So let me say that again. I, don't, I love you because God first put his, in, his love in me, right? God loved me first. Now I can give my love back to God and I can give it freely to you. I'm not loving you based on what behaviors you show me. That would be conditional love. Unconditional. A covenant is based on your promise to the person, not on their behavior to you. So in a true family of God, we can just love everybody because why? Because God put love inside of you. And what, le- what leaks out of you? Love. All the time. Now, you can't give your heart to everyone. You can't have the same levels of trust with everyone. I understand that. But you can still love them appropriately, each person. Okay, so that's the first community breaker is struggling with authority and commitment issues. Number two and three, they go together, fear and pride are community breakers. 
If we find ourselves refusing to engage in new relationships, if we're closing the door on new friendships, or unwilling to occasionally connect with people who are different than us, we're probably struggling with fear of pride. Let's talk about fear first. It's the most common community breaker. Fear says this, I won't open my heart to others again because I don't want to be hurt again. Fear says, I am not going to open my heart again because I'm not going to be hurt again. That's fear talking. And now that's a totally valid fear. Excuse me, feeling. It's a valid a relationship goal not to be hurt. I mean, who wants to be hurt? Not me. I've been there. I've been hurt by my friends. I've been hurt by people close to me. I've been hurt inside the church. I've been hurt outside the church. I've cried out to God. I said, God, why does this happen? Why, did, why is this so painful? I've inspected my life. I've blamed myself. I've blamed others. I'm not perfect at it. That's a window into my journey of being hurt by people. But is it healthy for me, because I've been hurt, to take a key and lock up my heart and close it and now say, I'm going to live with a closed heart? Is that healthy for me and God? Is that healthy for my spouse? Is that healthy for my children, my community, my coworkers? protects my heart, but it also keeps me from living. Hurt is, and pain are a byproduct of doing life with other people. I wish I didn't have to say that. I wish I could say, you know, when you live with people and it's just great all the time and your family and your people protect you and you never have problems and you don't have horrible arguments and emotional pain, but that would be a lie. When we choose to do life with others, we have to accept the fact that we're going to get hurt and there will be pain. We might as well not fight that and just accept it so that when it comes, we don't run away. It's only God's Holy Spirit and his love that flows through us that overwhelms that fear and allows us to work out our relationship differences. We need God's love because perfect love will cast out the fear. Perfect love will help us see the other side. Let's talk about pride. Now, I don't ever struggle with this one, nor have I, or ever I will struggle with this because I've got it all together. Anyone with me on that one? Whoops. Yeah. Right when you think you got it together. Pride before the fall. You've heard this. This is the classic one. Pride says this, I do not need you or your gift in my life. Ouch. I don't need you. I've got everything I need. I don't need you. But as Pastor Kevin taught us the first week, we not me. So that is a lie when you say, I don't need you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 21 through 22 says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. In other words, we need the very people that we find might not have as much, we think, don't have as much value as us. Have you ever been in the room with someone who's the opposite personality style of you? You're thinking, 
no, not going to be my friend. I can't handle that person. They don't, they're not like me. They don't think like me. They don't treat people. They don't have the same values. We're not going to hang out. That's pride in your life and probably fear too. The very gift and people you need are often the people that are different than you. And that, yes, they will rub you wrong. But as you increase love and understanding, they could be the very gift that you need in your life. See, we think that people are not as essential as us. We fall into this trap of thinking that people are more valuable because of what they have to offer. So we want to be with like the people who have, all, have everything and have everything together. That's wrong because value is inherently based on our creation as children of God. Everyone in this room and everyone watching online has the same value before God. That means we can honor everyone in this room and everyone online because they were made in the image of God. So value and honor are inherent. You can't earn those things. We all have the same value, but we all have different gifts. We have different roles and we have different levels of effectiveness. That's what's different. And we can celebrate those things and we can mourn those things. That's okay. But when it comes to value, everyone has the same value. That's why we can't say, I don't need you. I mean, I don't know about when you've traveled, but when I've got on the airplane or whatever, I need everyone involved in that airplane process to get that plane off the ground. I need the lady who's helping me get better upgrades for free at the front counter, asking for God's favor. Oh, yes, sir. I'm, oh, would you and your wife like this seat? Yes, I would. Oh, you know, I, I want that lady there. I, I, I like the person down below putting the luggage on appropriately and going to the right city. I like the captain who's making sure that everything is good before he, take, he or she takes off. Everybody has a different role. Everybody has different gifts. But let me tell you, everyone's there on purpose. And you can't say to that person, I don't want that guy there. No, 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 no. We definitely do. Listen to King Solomon. He describes what pride looks like in Proverbs 18.1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise and sound wisdom. Refuse to over-isolate in this season. It's been such a temptation in this season to isolate because of all the community rules of keeping apart and isolating in homes and things like that. refuse to do that. And here's a practical way to break out of isolation. Every week, I want to challenge you to find three or four people that you can connect with. Every week, look for people who are in your circles of influence. Call them, text them. Uh, We call them porch drops when you drop a little gift off. So many of you are good at that. You know, we've received that from your family or we've got to bless your family. Do something for three or four people every week. Call them on the phone, check in on them, because you're not meant to do life alone. Even if you're in a separate house, you can check in on people. Let them know how you're doing. Ask them a good question. Bounce your ideas off them. We need each other. So who are your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Who are your fathers and mothers in the Lord? Who are your sons and daughters in the Lord? Make a list. Be intentional with your time. Speak into their life. Check in on them. All right, let's go to community breaker number four. This is the one that I've had the most uh, challenge with. Poor 
relationship boundaries. Community breaker number four, poor relationship boundaries. When we don't have healthy boundaries, we present ourselves as unhealthy. People who have mature boundaries will recognize that about you and keep you at arm's length because they don't want the crazy in their life. If you have unhealthy boundaries, people who have healthy boundaries will see that and go, no way. They put a little buffer. Beep, 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 beep. They see you coming, they're going the other way. You call them, they don't pick up. And why is that? Because they don't want to invite your our lack, my lack of health, your lack of health into their healthy life. They don't want to give it permission to come in on purpose. Now, I was the king of no boundaries. Think of me when I was 18, 19, or 20. I'm so, I love Jesus. I found God, the Holy Spirit. This is, life is good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best Christian ever. I'm going to work so hard. I had literally hundreds of acquaintance friends in university, and all of them were about this deep, shallow. And you know what started happening is I gave my time to everyone, literally, that came across my path. My friends, my true friends, the handful of real friends, one of them would later become my wife, Katrina, which I didn't know at the time. Even she would come to me and she'd say, Mark, can I talk to you about something? Sure. And I'm like running around, you know. She goes, you know, I notice you're with everybody, but I, you don't ever have time for us. You're real friends. I didn't even know what she was talking about. She goes, you, you don't actually have time for us because you're always with everybody else. And I thought she was crazy because I'm like, oh, you know, okay. It went right out in this ear and out the other. I finally was taking uh, reading a good book called Search for Significance, and it takes an emotional quiz, and you go through it, and it says, ask you if you struggle with certain things. I checked 10 out of 10 of emotional boundary problems. I didn't even know boundaries was a word. I didn't know it was a concept, and I said, uh-oh, I think I struggle with this. 10 out of 10. I said, that's me. That's the, he wrote this book for me. That was my senior year in university after four years of tons of relationships, but not very many deep ones. Do you think I had some conflict issues? Yes. Do you think I had some, we call them DTRs, define the relationship issues? Yes. I didn't even know what a really, how to define a relationship. I was all over the place. I think I was trying to find my significance and how I could present myself to so many people. If enough people like me, I'd feel good and I must have value. That's wrong. I've learned that I find value because God says I have value and I'm his son. You have value because you're God's son or daughter, plain and simple. It only took me to my late 30s to start cluing in on that. So you can imagine all those years in between were a little messy. Jesus accepted everyone who came to him by faith but he invested in only 12 men. Jesus accepted anyone who came to the Father, who came to him. Yes, by faith, anyone can come to Christ, 
but we can only invest in a few. We can't give ourselves to everyone. We can always be courteous. We can always be kind. We can always show the fruits of the Spirit to anyone. And we can always obey. If the Holy Spirit says, do this, then do it. But we can't give of ourselves to everyone the same amount. It's called burnout. Poor boundaries. And I will be transparent with you again. In my personal life, one reason I had poor boundaries was I thought too low of myself. I didn't see myself through the eyes of my father in, in heaven. I didn't know why my, what my, father, heaven, my heavenly father thought of me. I didn't know what he uh, felt about me. I didn't know the words he would use over my life. So I just filled it in. So I based my worth on what I could do for others. And it's called earn deserve. And it's not the way the kingdom operates. So I didn't believe I had any real substance to offer people, so I lowered my boundaries and gave what I had to anyone who would come into my life. Now I realized if I gave everything to everyone, I wouldn't have anything to give to those who God put close to my life. If you spend all your money on everyone, you won't have any money for the ones that are the closest to you, using a financial metaphor. If this sounds like your life, welcome to the party. I could tell you all the stories because I've lived it. And my journey uh, on Mondays, I attend Celebrate Recovery and talk about a process of freedom for helping identify these issues, work it out with the Lord. And in, uh, notice in Celebrate Recovery, you don't do it alone. You do it in a community of recovery. There's brothers and sisters around you to support you. It's not an I fix myself program. It's Jesus Christ is my healer, but I have brothers and sisters to support biblical community. That's why it works. There's so many resources to help you develop healthy boundaries. And we can put some of those on our, uh, we'll put some of those online this week, some titles of books and things to help encourage you. So if you were like me and you dealt with one or more of these things, these are community breakers, refusing or struggling to submit to one another or to authority figures in your life. Struggle with fear, pride, or poor boundaries. If that is you, if one or more, all four of them are part of your life, there is great hope. It, the Bible is really clear about this. God gives grace to the humble, but he rejects the proud. And I'm not talking about your salvation like he's going to reject you from heaven. If you already trust God and ask Jesus into your heart and you confess him as your Lord and Savior and you, you trust him, he's, he, he, you've been born again. You have a new life. But if you stay in pride, it's like rejecting power. You're saying, no, thank you. I got this. God's like, no, no, really, I can help you. I can give you whatever you need. You say, no, 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 no. Thank you for salvation, but from here on, I'll take it. That's what pride looks like. But when we let our guard down and humble ourselves, like when you kneel down, metaphorically get down on the ground, he can now pour into your life. And, and grace is a power word. It means to empower you to accomplish divine and godly things. It's a gift, but it's power. Everyone say power. So grace is power to be healthy in community. I couldn't do it alone. As you can hear from just a few of my stories, my wife has hilarious stories of the mistakes I've made. 
I mean, there was a time when I was in front of uh, a group this size and we were leading all these ministries and I was up doing my thing and my wife uh, did her thing. Uh, she was just a friend at the time and we were ministering and we were in the east side of uh, Vancouver, BC doing street ministry through the Union Gospel Mission and these crowds. And uh, I made foolish decisions. You know, one time I publicly corrected her for something she did. That didn't go too well. She would later marry me, so obviously she forgave me. You know, there's things that you do that you just wish you could take back in your relationships. Have you made a mistake, a serious mistake in one of your relationships? I have. Didn't change that God loved me. God has the power to help me to even go to that person and ask for forgiveness and start a process of restoration. And if that person is willing, we can actually, the relationship can be stronger than before. It might not be, depending on your choices, but it can be better. There is hope. God will empower you. God will empower you. So can, let's close by prayer. Can everyone stand with me this morning? This week, we're talking about community breakers, things that break down community. Next week, we're, we're going to not go into the, the what breaks community. We're going to go into the things that the scriptures say are very specific for you and I to do to create biblical community. Okay? But this week, we're talking about the breakers, authority issues, fear, pride, and poor boundaries. Okay? Now, don't feel down on yourself. Oh, man, I checked all four. I got one. It doesn't matter. You're loved here and accepted. You just have to sign up for the Holy Spirit School of, of Transformation and just ask God to touch your life, okay? And if you'd like more prayer after this, we're here to do that, and we'll practice our physical distancing, and we'll pray for you. But if you want more support in this area, get prayer today and join us tomorrow night with Celebrate Recovery. It's all online right now. It's really easy to access through our Facebook page a journey of freedom. So let's pray. Father, you know what we're going through. Each of us has different areas of, of community breakers in our life. Some of us are very mature and we've walked through them. And some of us are just beginning our journey out of immaturity. And so I ask now for a grace to fall in the name of Jesus, a grace to fall over the people of God at Desert Stream here in this room and those joining us online in the name of Jesus of power to mature, a power to submit to biblical authority and mutually submit one to another, the power and grace to have love overcome fear in Jesus' name and have humility overcome pride in Jesus' name and to teach us how to, uh, to love ourselves the way you love us and to have healthy boundaries in every area of our life. We ask for that help. We welcome it. We speak your blessing over the people of God. Great favor, Lord. We believe that 2021 is not a year of going backwards, but of advancement of power and strength and maturity, blessing, favor, and prosperity over this church and the families in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us in person and online. We'll be back together again 10 o'clock next week. So go with God. God bless you. Hey, everybody. 
Pastor Kevin Dowling here from Desert Stream. Just giving a shout out to you and saying thanks for joining us this week. We trust that you receive something out of what was shared today, and we hope that it spoke to you and that it encouraged you in this season that we find ourselves in. You know, you could do us a big favor if you would just uh, share, uh, like, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Let people know that there's a place that you found that you're getting an encouragement and hope each and every week. We hope you plan to check in with us next week, be a part of our expression again, and help spread the word that God is in control in the midst of this season. We love you. We bless you. 